Good morning, McDowell. We are the Stoller family. My name's Kevin. And I'm Darcy. Grant. Maggie. And this is Tessa. And we are reading Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this, this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snuggly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. When I was, uh, when I was a kid and we'd go to church, uh, we would often have a family like come, like walk the aisle. We had a, like a center aisle in our church and they would walk the aisle and they'd come and they'd light the candle. And I always thought this was a boring tradition. I mean, I was just ready to get past it, didn't understand it. And I think I've like this year been reminded of the beauty of this tra Christmas tradition of sitting down and considering, you know, what are some of the themes that, that should mean the most to us during Christmas? And as we've walked through this, you know, in, in the circumstances and situations that we're facing in the world today, hasn't it been great to be reminded of hope that comes from God, that there is a hope out there that uh, the world doesn't offer and that we'll never find when we're looking around here, and then to be reminded that there is a peace that passes our understanding and that it's not an unstable peace like we experience in the world, that there's not this unstable peace, but with Christ comes an everlasting peace that rests on us, and then joy, that there's this deep-seated joy that Christ brings that we can experience. And then today we're going to talk about love. So love is the last one, which we'll talk about. I said that way too fast. Robin sometimes says, slow down just a little bit. We will talk about love today as the final theme of Advent. And I've, this year, I hope it's meant something to you to slow down, to walk through an Advent wreath and be reminded of the four beautiful things and themes that Christ brings uh, with him. So I heard some good ones uh, from the room. Uh, earlier today, one of the, um, Sarah, one of our, our worship leaders said, uh, pajamas on Christmas Eve is her, one of her favorite traditions is to exchange pajamas. Anybody do the pajama thing, the exchange of pajamas? Yeah. Um, I heard in the room, someone just a few minutes ago said, they drive and look at Christmas lights. Anybody love driving and looking at Christmas lights? We have this picture in our house um, uh, this night. We, it was in Oklahoma, when we lived in Oklahoma, and uh, Charlie, our youngest, has these crazy eyes. Like, his eyes are huge, and he's, like, looking at the camera, smiling, really funny. And what's interesting is you look at this picture, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's such a joyful moment, like, driving and looking at Christmas lights. It was one of our biggest fights we've ever had as a family right before the picture was taken. So you see the picture of it, and it's like, oh, tradition, and then it's like what actually happened in the car was brutal. Um, <laughs> And, uh, oh, Lauren said, I love this one. She said, we, I've never heard this before. Maybe your family does this. But Lauren said, uh, we do Christmas karaoke as a family. They, like, do karaoke with Christmas songs, and they end with Bohemian Rhapsody. And I'm like, I don't think that's a Christmas song. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but it might be a Christmas song. And so we're going to, at the end of the service, we're going to cue up Bohemian Rhapsody for Lauren <laughs> to sing Bohemian No, we won't do that. 
I hope you have some uh, experiences, some traditions that you do every year, and I think the beauty of tradition is who you are together with to experience that tradition. More important than what it is, is who is a part of that. And uh, I hope you have some things that you experience as a family or with a group of friends that you don't really experience any other time because that gives you some joy. One of the things I love about the Christmas season is our whole world is introduced to some themes of, uh, of Christ and what God brings to the world through Christmas season in ways that maybe they weren't expecting it. So I want to dig into that a little bit today. First, a couple quick announcements. Um, if you're new, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's tough to walk into a new place, whether you're in the room or you're streaming online. Uh, thanks for, for taking a risk and joining us today. We want you to no, this is a safe place to take steps of faith, to explore faith, and we want to encourage you to do that uh, this morning wherever you are. Christmas Eve services this week uh, are going to look a little bit different. Normally, we pack out this place a few times on Christmas Eve. Well, this year is different because it's 2020. So we're going to be outside on the, on the north lawn and uh, three outdoor services that are about 30 minutes. We've been outside kind of checking things out to see what it's going to be a little cold. It's going to be chilly. It's going to be awesome. Each service, five, six, and seven, are going to be a little bit different because of the way the light is going to be. Uh, that five o'clock service is probably going to get a little bit of the sunset. That six o'clock is going to be just getting dark. That seven o'clock, probably stars if there's no clouds, which is probably going to happen. It's just going to be a beautiful experience. Each one of those is going to be a little different. So we're stoked about Christmas Eve services uh, this week. Next Sunday, no in-person services. So uh, we'll, we'll have services available on YouTube beginning at like 7 a.m. that morning. So you can jump on and just stream those services uh, on youtube.com slash Church. And then I just want to remind you uh, as we enter kind of this, this last couple weeks of the year, uh, our year in giving at McDowell is so important to creating a foundation for next year's ministry. And so many of you jump in at the end of the year. Um, last year was kind of a record-breaking December for us. This year is going to be a little bit different, I know. But if you haven't had a chance to jump in and partner with us financially to further what God's doing, uh, I'd encourage you to just jump in the next couple weeks and be a part of the mission that God has given us as a church. And then, guess what? We get to turn the page in a couple of weeks. Yeah? Some of you ready to turn that page to next year, 2021? We have a number of things kicking off uh, as we begin the new year. Our growth track is completely new and redesigned. We've piloted it with just a few people uh, to put together a, 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 tr a track of three classes which will help you know the church better, take a step into the life of the church, discover the gifts that God has given you, and then employ those gifts to change the world, which we're super pumped about this track. And if you've never known where to start to get a little bit more involved, this is for you. Growth track is for you. And it uh, begins the 10th of January, three classes, three different weeks. We'll repeat it a few times during the year, so uh, don't miss that. It's online, mcdowell.church slash events. And then uh, we have all kinds of new groups beginning. There's women's Bible studies, there's men's Bible studies, small groups, classes, all different kinds of things that you can find online. One that I want to point out in particular that um, we, we, we kicked off this last year and we kind of were a little bit quiet about it as we got it rolling, but it has been a life-changing experience. And I, some of you are like, you have to say that because you're the pastor. This class, it's called Reengage. And it is a, it's really a marriage enrichment journey for couples uh, who are all 
over the spectrum. Some couples who took this journey this last uh, semester were really, had really good marriages, and it just, this journey deepened their marriage in an incredible way. And then there were other marriages that were on the rocks that the couples came in saying, this is our last shot at making it, and we don't know what will happen, and if, if it works, great. And those marriages, a few of those marriages were, sa- it was just incredible what God did. Now, I know what you're thinking when we say this is a 16-week journey. Some of you are like, 16 weeks. That's ridiculous, aren't you? Like some of you are actually saying that in your mind right now. And I would tell you, it is a crazy long journey, but your marriage is worth it. Your marriage, the relationship you're sharing with someone that will last your entire life, is worth investing 16 weeks in. And uh, those who took it, uh, there were a few in the first service that I pointed out who, when they heard it was 16 weeks, they were like, I don't know if I can do 16 weeks. It's just, that's a long time. Once you get into it, it goes pretty quickly, and it is transformative. It really will change your marriage. I, I believe that. So if you're married, don't miss it. If you're engaged, uh, we can help you get into a similar type uh, journey in a class like this that will, will move you in that direction, but we want to invest as much as we can into marriages because we believe God will transform the world in that way. All right, enough announcements, right? You ready to jump in? Okay. So, um, as we've been slowing down and just walking through this progression that we, we find around the Advent season, this progression from hope to peace to joy, and then today to this, this fourth candle, which represents uh, love, we've been asking the question, are you making some room in your life for God? Are you making some room this season for God? And uh, I, I keep asking that question every week because the tendency for us as humans, especially in the world in which we live, is to move quickly from day to day, looking ahead at what's coming next, to get excited about what's coming next, and what will happen, and it happens every year, this season passes so quick, and we get on the other side of it, and we think, it's gone already, and did I miss something that I was supposed to get in this season? And I don't want you to miss what God has for you. And I believe with all that I am, I believe that God has something for each one of us this season. So whether you're sitting in this room and you're 12 years old, or you're sitting in this room and you're 76 years old, or you're somewhere in the middle, or maybe you're above that age bracket or below that, I don't know where you are, like age, and I'm trying not to say all the ages of of the room, but wherever you are, I believe that God wants you to experience something that you've never experienced And it will take you just cracking open a little bit of space in your life to give him some space to do what he wants to do. And so I keep asking, are you making some room this year for for God to plant something that could be transformative for your future? And I think he wants to do something for each one of us. So I've been walking this this little journey, been talking about room, and um, I... I was just writing out some things this week, and, and one of the things I wrote was that Advent is about, it's about making room. It's about preparing and expecting that God is going to do something, and I hope you're expecting that God's going to do something in you in this season. And I hope that each one of us will just open our hearts just a little bit to his, his peace and his hope and his joy, and then that, that, that what God will plant in us, this, this, 
the seed of love which comes through Christ that, that it will begin to take root in us in a new way. And, and here, here's what I know. All of us need love. All of us need love. You need love. I need love. I need to know how to love. I need to know how to be loved. And wherever you are uh, in your journey of, of life and, and your spiritual journey, if you're even on that journey, I know this, that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And that he'll never give up on you. And that he will continue to pursue you with everything he has. And that the story of Christmas is this unbelievable picture of God's pursuit of every single one of us. So I've been thinking, dealing uh, with love and trying to wrestle it to a place that we could understand it, and I want to get to a very simple place today. Um, if you were here last year for Christmas Eve, I showed you a commercial out of England. Do any of you remember that commercial I showed last year? Sainsbury, I think, it was a biscuit company. And it was an incredible um, a commercial that they, they put together about a truce that happened during World War I where uh, there were two opposing forces uh, on the front lines like shooting at each other. And on Christmas Eve, they came to this truce on their own, like not the powers that be, but on their own, they came to a truce. They came out, uh, they played football together, which is soccer, which isn't really football, but they played soccer together on the front lines. They exchanged gifts. They did all the, that and it was all built around this picture of love for one another at Christmas time. And then they went back into their uh, respective sides and entered war again, which is crazy. But just a beautiful um, commercial. So I went back this year. I was like, we need another commercial. And they just don't make great ones here in the U.S. And so I was searching around, and I, can't, I found another good commercial. You guys want to see another good commercial, which talks about love and what we all need? And I thought this was a good one. So here's a commercial from another company that I have no idea what they sell. Here it is. That's a good one, isn't it? This idea of giving and, and sharing love. And one of the things I, as I watched that a couple times, um, to experience love, you have to receive the gift that's given. You know, that, that whole idea of the chain of events that took place, which was a sharing of love, which eventually changes the world, begins with somebody receiving a gift from another. And that's what Christmas is all about. A gift that was given for every single one of us. Not given in the ways of, of the world, but a, a different kind of gift. And the whole idea of this gift is wrapped up in a name that, that was told uh, by the angels, Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. The gift that God wants to give to you and me is his presence with us. Like God's the, the creator of, of, of the universe, the, the, the God who created the beauty of the world, the God who put you and me together and knit us together in all the intricacies and the complexity of that and the all of that, the God who did all of that literally wants to be with us. That's his gift is his presence with us. And I think we all need to be reminded in a year like this that we are not alone. I mean, we're not alone individually, but we're also, in, as humans, we're not alone. Like, God is actually with us. And with that comes his love. His presence brings his, his love. Um, N.T. Wright, who's an incredible scholar, 
Uh, one of my favorite scholars, biblical scholars, says this, that the Christian faith grows directly out of. So our faith and our claims as Christians grows out of and must directly express the belief that Jesus the Messiah, is the one that God has revealed himself to be, is, is love in the flesh, love incarnate is how he, he puts it. Love incarnate means love in the flesh, that Jesus, this gift of God's presence, is, is not some uh, theoretical idea that's just out there floating, but it's, it's a person. Like, God's love came to us in a person so we can literally see what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. It's love incarnate, love in the flesh. And it's not just this, this theoretical idea it's personal. It's his presence with us. So there's a passage of scripture in the New Testament written by a guy named John, and it's a few little letters, and so it's not really written for Christmas, but I thought I would use it anyway because it's such a beautiful um, expression. Are you okay if I use this verse that wasn't written for Christmas? For Christmas? Because they didn't have Christmas then yet because it was way early. Anyway, this is what John writes. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Now, I want you to think about that in a, in a, in a picture of Christmas. It, Christmas, it, in so many ways, is about us giving gifts. And there's a lot wrapped up in, in that. I know there's some who are just like anti-commercialism and anti-all of that gift-giving thing. But there's something beautiful about giving a gift because it's a picture of God extending something to us. So I want you to think about the idea of when you extend a gift to something, it's like what God has done for you. Like that this marvelous love that the Father extends to us, and then John says, just look at it. We're called children of God. This year, we've, as a church, we've, we've turned a little bit of our, our local mission focus to foster children. And I think I've been reminded that there are so many children in our world and specifically in our city who are, who, who are set aside and forgotten and unclaimed. Now just let that, let that set in just a minute, that we have children in our world who are set aside and unclaimed. I mean, it should not be, should it? I mean, that's not how the world should be. They're just children. And so we've been focusing on group foster homes because group foster homes are the places where children are grouped together because none of them have like a single home that they're going to be a part of. So they're going to age out. And so this is what they have is just this group home where they're with other foster kids. And I think the beauty of the Christmas story and this passage is that, that all of us, in some ways have been orphaned and we're alone in our experiences and we might have people around us but there's something missing and that John says behold the love of the father and what he's extended to us and what he's extended to us is is this invitation to become his children like God has chosen you let that set in just for a minute God has chosen you God has chosen you like he looks down and he sees you wandering in the chaos and all the stuff that you do. 
And he doesn't ignore you. He actually says, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna send Christ because I want to get to you. Like God chooses, is that unbelievable? Behold that, I mean, I don't even know how to express it. Like that's how much God, he like chooses us and we are no longer orphaned or abandoned or set aside, but God's love comes to reside around and within us. And look at that last line. That's who you really are. And if you miss everything else this Christmas, if you, if you, miss, if, if you miss everything else, don't miss this, that you are God's child. That's who you really are. I don't know how the world defines you. I don't know how you define yourself. I don't know what you see when you look in the mirror, but what I do know is that that God looks at you and he chooses you, and that's who you really are, down deep. Now come on, that's good news. That's good news, that you are chosen, I am chosen, I'm not alone. Like God looks down and he says, I, I choose you, and that's who, that's who we really are. For love to be realized, for that kind of love to be realized, who you really are, you have to receive it. Like for you to f- fully understand who you are, you have to receive the gift of Jesus. Like that's, love, again, isn't a theoretical idea to, to experience it. You, you just ha- you have to receive it. And that's why in churches, um, there's this invitation that's often given that, you know what, you, like the gift that God has extended in Jesus, you can actually, you can receive that into your life. And you can know God's presence. And you can know God's hope and peace and joy. And you can know God as a person of love. Like that can take root. And it's why this season I've, I keep saying, are you making room? With all the other stuff going on, are you making it just a little bit of room for God? Because I think even if you just crack the door open just a little bit, like God comes in, like his spirit comes in. So I'm going to say a prayer and um, maybe this would be your prayer, the, the prayer that I, that I speak. Um, and then Joe's going to sing um, a song that is just the simple story. I just love, it's just a beautiful song, just the simple story. And then I want to read a passage of scripture and wrap up our time. So m- maybe this is um, a prayer that would express where you are. Father God, we often feel alone, and I often feel unworthy. I feel shame for who I am or what I've done, and the truth is, even with all of that, you extend the gift of, of love, the gift of Jesus, your presence. And so God, this year I, I crack open my heart. I open my mind and my heart just a little bit and I receive that gift that you've given. And I pray that that gift of love would take root in my, in my heart and in my soul and that I would begin to understand more and more that I am your child. God, thank you for love, the love that you've given us. 
and we lean into that love this morning. Yeah, just the, just the simple story. And, you know, what's, what's beautiful about that story is um, that each one of them received, Mary received the message that the angel gave her. And with that came this promise, this gift of love that God gave her. Joseph uh, received the promise, this gift of love that came to him. And the shepherds received the message and the promise. And it was a, it was a game changer for each one of them. Each one of them. And when we receive the promise, the gift of, of, of Christ, it's, it's a game changer for us. So I want to read this uh, passage from 1 John which is a book that's all about love, and he's centering on this idea of love. And um, here's what he says. He says, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Like true love, real love comes from God. Everybody who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with him. And then when John continues, it gets a little bit uncomfortable He says this, the person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. When we refuse to allow that love to take root and we refuse to love those around us, it actually is a picture that we don't even know God. You can't know him if you don't love. That's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? He goes on, he says, this is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. And it's not that we loved him and deserved this gift. It's not that, it's not that we loved him, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sin and the damage we've done. I love that line. And I need that line. I've done some damage to the people around me, to the world around me, and so have you. I know that's super uncomfortable, but we all do damage. All of us. And this gift of love was sent to clear up the damage, to clear out the sin, to clear up the damage that we've done. And then listen to this last piece. If God loved us like this, we ought to love each other. It's this this idea that if we experience, if we truly experience the love that God has for us, then we can't help but love those around us. Like we can't help but love each other. And if we love one another, God dwells in us. Like he takes He takes up residence in our lives and his love becomes complete in us and it becomes perfected love. Like Christmas doesn't just remind us of this beautiful gift that we've been given. It also invites us to extend to one another like the heart of God. And in doing that, 
changes the world. We all have our ideas on how to change the world, don't we? God is in the process of doing it and it's rooted in his son, Jesus. N.T. Wright continues and he says, what God launched decisively in Jesus to redeem and restore everything, he wants to complete in and through us. And as Jesus unveiled God before a surprised and unready world, so must we, so must we. Love is that important. And church, part of our call and our mission is to be an extension of God's love. And this season should create joy and you know that warm feeling of God's presence and it should inspire us to be that same kind of presence to the people all around us who, who need it. So I've been giving you a prayer every week and here's the prayer that I, I wrote this week. Um, just simply says, Jesus, be born in me. I open myself and I receive your love. And may that love take root within me and then may that love spill out or live out of me. And this is my prayer for us, that we would just open ourselves to Christ and that that love would take root and then we would begin to do things that we can't even explain why we're doing them because that love is coming to expression out of us. Will you stand and uh, we're going to sing one last song as we wrap up uh, this morning. God, you are good. You've given us this beautiful picture. We, we are trying to capture in our minds this, this gift of love that you've given us. You've extended to us the invitation, the, the right to be called sons and daughters of yours. It's just unbelievable that you would love us that much. So I pray that, I pray that we would open ourselves to that and that you would take root in our lives and that we would somehow allow that love to come to be expressed in the way we treat those around us. I pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.